The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Today's buzz... Hmm, HR, there's an app for that, but is there really? Maybe there is. Let's get started. Just six years after the debut of the first-generation iPhones, I'm sure everybody listening remembers that momentous day, smartphones now pervade everywhere we go, our work, our personal lives, and if I can go out on a limb here, our emotional lives, we are tied to our smartphone devices. As the demand for corporate mobile apps escalates, because companies want to be in on this too, HR is climbing aboard the mobility bandwagon. Why not? Why shouldn't HR be tied to mobility? Why shouldn't HR be part of everywhere people are? However, there's a caveat. There's a catch here. With only a few developers offering mobile HCM, human capital management, and by the way, when you find it, it's limited to slim basic process steps, not a lot of customization. HR is finding that the easy-to-use functionality and the consumer-centric, I'll use the word gamified, look and feel that they need to engage their younger employees, it's just not there in these apps. So we have a big question on the table today. How soon will HR solution vendors put some muscle into meeting this demand so HR can join the mobility bandwagon? I have a panel of three experts. We're going to hear their point of view, their expertise. We're going to chat now in the opening with the quotes they sent me, and then we'll dive after the first break into a 30-minute roundtable and really see what we can discover to help all of you out there, whatever your position in a company, whether you're in HR or if you're working for somebody, there is an HR. HR somewhere, so we'll help you figure this all out. First up on the panel is Daniel Masaros. He's the prime mover in portal mobility and US UX for the Maersk Group. I'll spell that M-A-E-R-S-K, and we'll ask him the derivation of that name. And he quotes Michael Jordan. You all know Michael Jordan. The quote is just play, have fun, enjoy the game. Daniel Masaros, welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers. How are you? Thanks very much, Bunny. I'm good. How are you? Fine. Thanks for joining me. Wonderful quote from Michael Jordan. Why don't you tell us a little bit about why it's one of your favorites and how does it relate to this new thing called mobility in HR? Talk to me. Yeah, and I assume that it's um, it's sort of an unusual quote, um, at least on this show. Um, I actually chose the uh, the quote um, from um, one of the greatest basketball players of all times for uh, two reasons. The first one being that, um, you know, we are all living in an increasingly busy world. Um, most of us have mobile devices and are connected to a work-related or personal network 24-7 pretty much. 
I mean, this uh, doesn't necessarily help people with uh, disconnecting, taking a break from time to time and just uh, relaxing and having fun. Uh, some people can maintain the balance, but, uh, but for others, it doesn't work. And even when you're at work, it doesn't always have to be dead serious at all times either. You should always remember to have fun with your colleagues. So in the end of the day, um, I guess my point ultimately is that, uh, that whatever you do in life, you should enjoy doing it. Um, you know, uh, just enjoy the game, as, uh, as Michael Jordan put it. Secondly, um, and this is, I guess, a more personal aspect to this quote, um, I'm lucky enough to have the possibility to work with mobile devices and mobile apps. And, um, and you know, boys like toys, so quite often I, I find myself playing at work with my, my apps. Uh, I guess some people call it testing or developing. And I enjoy it like a child. So I can tell you that uh, time has never flown by as fast being on the job as it does these days. Very interesting. Thank you for the personal note there. So HR being part of this mobility bandwagon, as I call it, Daniel, uh, what's the issue with are there at, what have you observed? Are there enough apps for HR coming from the HR leadership that they want their employees to use? What's the landscape? Just briefly give us an idea, please. Well, I would, I would rather um, reflect upon the external um, offerings, actually. Um, when you look at the market currently, um, not a lot of vendors offer um, HCM apps. Of course, the, uh, the bigger players like SAP, SuccessFactors, they, um, they do have offerings, but whatever they offer, the individual apps, they actually do not have a very wide process coverage. Um, when it comes to individual processes, then whatever those apps contain uh, tends to be quite slim. So it might happen that, uh, that you actually start executing a process on your phone and, um, and then you have to finish it up on your desktop uh, computer because the functionality is simply not available on the app that, uh, that is provided to you. Okay, thank you. Sounds like there's a lot of room for growth there. I love the way you said you, you have the privilege of working with uh, apps and mobility, and, and you, you call it play, but it's also development. I like that attitude. Thank you very much for the great quote, Daniel. Let's move to our second panelist today. He's a return guest on SAP Coffee Break Radio. It's Gampy. His full name, in case you're wondering, is Nataraj Ganapathy, and we're such good friends, he told me to call him Gampy. He heads the HCM and Mobility Practices at Cogent Integrated Business Solutions. That's Cogent IBS. And Gampy sent me a quote from Charles Darwin. Very interesting. It is not the strongest or the most intelligent who will survive, but those who can best manage change. Gampy, welcome back. How are you today? Good morning, Bonnie. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Delighted. Talk to me. Darwin quote, a good one. And how does that relate to our topic about trends in HR mobility? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know if this quote was really made by Darwin, but at least it's attributed to Charles Darwin. <laughs> okay. And, of course, this, this is in the larger context of evolution. But I think change being such an inevitable part of our lives, and, and you know, we have heard how change is the only constant that we all experience, this is, this is a quote that I did not send you just for the show. This is a quote that I try to live by every day, both personally and professionally, because uh, we all deal with changes. And some of the changes... Most of us de- uh, seem to deal with in a better way than some other changes. For example, we age or physically we change, mentally we change. We have uh, domestic changes at home. We have children. We, you know, there are marital status changes, so on and so forth. We all seem to adapt well. At the same time, there are some changes we, are little, uh, we find a little challenging to manage. So I think end of the day, 
as the coach says, it doesn't matter how strong one is or how intelligent one is, but if, if you are unable to manage a change, then you're not going to be successful. I'm going to apply that in the context of an organization, how organizations continue to struggle with managing these changes. And, and again, today's topic being uh, mobility, especially in the, in the HR domain, uh, organizations still haven't figured out how to strategize their uh, HR mobility landscape, and they continue to struggle with that. So it does not matter what kind of resources organizations have. It does not matter if they have a great vision unless and until they can put together a good change management strategy to manage these HR mobility changes, I don't think they're going to be successful. So I think in, in the second part of today's show, we will be talking mm-hmm. about some of the uh, hopefully key points that all of us have come, come together with. Uh, we will see how uh, essentially if organizations don't have a good change management strategy, they will not be able to be uh, successful. So. Thank you very much. And, and Gampy, I, while you were talking, I took the liberty on one of my other computers of looking up, and this falls under the category of six things Darwin never said. And apparently this quote, just FYI, a little trivia, came not from Darwin, but apparently from Richard Dawkins, D-A-W-K-I-N-S. <laughs> so I will leave that. Uh, yes. Okay. Just just a little point of trivia. To, thank you. Thanks for the great uh, adding on to the introduction to our topic, Gampy. And again, welcome back. It's wonderful to hear your voice again. And let's bring on another new panelist. It's Ingrid Bernardin. I'm going to pronounce it French. It might might deteriorate over the course of the show. She's a product manager specializing in innovation at Success Factors. And Ingrid sent me in her own words the following quote. If we don't disrupt ourselves by leveraging mobile, someone else will. That sounds like the handwriting is on the wall. Ingrid, welcome to Coffee Break. How are you? Hi, Bunny. I'm doing great. Thanks Thanks for having me on the show. Delighted to have you join us. So talk to me about the quote and then relate it to our topic, please. Sure. So I think I'm very much aligned with what Gumpy was saying and putting it even you know, a bit stronger here. Um, I fundamentally believe that companies really need to think you know, forward and do a new take on how they do things um, by leveraging on new mobile activities. I think it's not because, you know, companies have, sorry, have always done something the way they're doing it and that they're successful, that it's enough nowadays. I think that we can see everywhere around us some disruption happening on very, very well-established businesses by leveraging new ways of, uh, of thinking of, uh, of a problem and coming up with new solutions. And I think that HR is, um, is in the same space. HR needs to start thinking about how we can do all those processes that, by the way, people hate doing, um, leveraging their mobile devices, and how can we make their life easier. So I believe that mobile is a, is a game changer, uh, and I think that companies need to start thinking about how to leverage this game changer and how it will disrupt their own solutions and move forward. And disruption sounds like it's a good thing in the context you're using it. Ingrid, I have a question for you, if I may. Leadership in HR, are they motivated to say we need to have more mobility, we need to have better this and better that? Are they the drivers? Where is the driving coming from in this this movement for development? Yeah, so from the people that I talk to often, they they are completely motivated. I think they, they, they understand the stake there. They understand um, that they need to be able to empower their users. They need to empower their managers, and they need to have better solutions to come up with 
um, in order to be able to make the HR world advance and and be be better in the enterprise. I think a lot of people are realizing that the current processes and the current um, model is not the best, and we need to engage um, the employees, and we need to do it fast. Thank you very much. I have a very difficult question for my three panelists, but I prepared you for this, so we're going to circle back to Daniel Massaros at Maersk Group. First of all, Daniel, Maersk, I, I know the name. It's the name of a ship in a famous recent movie. What's the derivation of Maersk? And then I'll ask you the big question. Um, Maersk is actually the, the name of um, our business, uh, Danish business conglomerate. Um, Maersk itself is the first name of uh, the founder's son. That's where the name comes from. Interesting. Okay, thank you very much. So my big question is, what's in your cup today? What are you drinking? What do you wish you're drinking? Because this is Coffee Break with Game Changers. Let's get to know you a little better, Daniel. Talk to me. Well, I think I'm, I'm actually going to be boring here. Um, in front of me, there's a, there's a glass of water, and I have to say it's more or less my preferred beverage if we, uh, if we don't count a pint of uh, good beer, maybe. And I'm sure Gampi can confirm the, at least the beer part of the story. Um, the reason is that I, I do quite a bit of long-distance running, um, although um, I have to admit to having been a little lazy about it lately. Uh, but there's nothing like uh, participating in a running competition, let's say a half marathon or a marathon, and you know, reaching one of the, the drinking points that they have along the route. Um, you can give me anything to drink right now, but I guarantee you that it will not taste as good as just a cup of plain cold water after having run 10 miles. I love that. You made water very interesting. Thank you, Daniel. I was going to ask you what kind of beer you are interested in drinking, but I'm not going to go there because I loved your water story with running. Thank you very much. I feel healthier already. Gampy, you're up next. What are you drinking or what do you wish you were drinking? It may sound like Daniel and I had planned this together, but Uh I have a cup of water in front of me as well. And uh, I have to agree with Daniel here. Uh, not because he had a running story to tell. I, I totally think water water is the best dr- beverage available, and every sip of water that I can drink right now does not give me as much pleasure or anything else, even though a cup of coffee to get my day started uh, is, is, a, is a must. Uh, I had a cup of Colombian coffee this morning, and I love my coffee, uh, but water, end of the day, is on my table every moment. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm drinking water, too. Gampy knows that they don't let me have caffeine on radio show days, and I have two SAP radio shows today, so it's going to be a lot of water. Ingrid, are you going to join us in this water fest, or do you have something else? I won't say more interesting, something different to share with us. Ingrid Bernadon, talk to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm French, so, you know, I'm going to not agree with everyone. <laughs> and um, more than French, I'm from Bordeaux. So I cannot say that my favorite drink is water. Um, that would be lying. My favorite drink is wine. And coming from Bordeaux, I have uh, been in a family in the wine industry. And mm. so I have to say that my favorite wine is from where I grew up. Um, I have um, a winery in the Medoc area in a little village called Moulis en Medoc. And uh, it's a beautiful wine uh, called Chateau Pujol. And I have to say that every time that I drink this wine, it just reminds me of home and it feels like home. So some people are thinking of Madeleine when, you know, forcing mm-hmm. that when they grow up. I think of a glass of wine called Chateau Pujol, and I can recognize it anywhere. I uh, just need a swift, you know, just a sm- slight smell, and 
I will tell you that's my chateau, and I just love it. Uh, that's I, I love the accent. My engineer was saying he's listening to your accent as well. I have to tell you, Brad, our engineer, says he's drinking Mountain Dew right now, and he calls it his liquid power. So we've got an interesting panel of drink here. Uh, guess what? We're going to take a break. Our topic today, this is Coffee Break with Game Changers, episode number 154, in case you're keeping track. We started this in October 2011. So let's see. This is about our third year anniversary, I think, was last week. Woohoo! We are live today is October 15, 2014. Our topic, even though this is not HR trends with Game Changers, we're talking about HR on Coffee Break. And our topic is trends in HR mobility, apps on the go. Who wants them? Who needs them? What's the development status? What's coming down the pike? Our experts today are Daniel Massaros from Maersk Group, Gampy at Cogent Integrated Business Solutions, that's Cogent IBS, and Ingrid Bernada at Success Factors. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be Bonnie after the radio break as well. So we're going to come back with a 30-minute roundtable. We're going to take a deep dive into this topic. Stick around. A lot more to come. Don't even think touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Bread out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, and as the man said on the break, we are tweeting at hashtag SAP Radio, just the way it sounds. And we've got some wonderful tweets here from my colleague Malcolm Kimberlin tweeting as at handle SAP underscore radio. So that's who's out there capturing the words of wisdom of our panelists. Speaking of which, we are talking today with Daniel Massaros at the Maersk Group, Gampy. Gadapathy at Cogent IBS and Ingrid Bernadon at Success Factors. Our topic is trends in HR and mobility apps on the go. Okay, let's get started with our roundtable. I'm going to invite Daniel Massaros at the Maersk Group to get us started. Daniel, I'm looking at your notes and you sent me copious notes, wonderful topics here for our roundtable. Let's start at the very beginning. Employee demand is ahead of market offering. So it sounds like there is an imbalance here. They're saying, give me, and the market's saying, maybe not quite ready yet how what does this look like to you daniel get us started and then we'll invite gampy and ingrid to join in go ahead daniel all right um so 
Let's uh, just take a step back and, uh, and look at the trends in mobile computing. Um, there's no doubt that owning personal smartphone devices, you know, with high resolution and larger, increasingly large screen sizes is uh, now becoming the standard. Uh, looking at the stats, uh, mobile device sales are outperforming PC sales, which not a lot of people were expecting just a decade or two ago. Um, available bandwidths are also becoming higher and higher with the increased availability of uh, 3G, 4G networks, and especially with uh, Wi-Fi hotspots coming into the picture. All the prerequisites are met from a pure network infrastructure perspective. Um, now, this technology advancement has made it possible to produce mobile websites and apps with great graphics, great usability. And, um, and this is really what people are used to nowadays. When you visit a website on your mobile browser, you'll expect to look at a neat um, mobile-enabled interface. And if this is not in place, in the worst-case scenario, you will actually just abandon the site and, uh, and perhaps never return. Um, looking at the enterprise world, um, in a lot of areas or business functions, um, there has been a boom in providing internal apps. Um, nowadays, there's a lot of focus on making internal resources available on employees' devices. Um, some of us can probably hardly imagine not having access at least to our corporate email or calendar at any time of the day, wherever we are. Um, all of this development uh, together results in a high employee demand when it comes to mobilizing internal applications. Um, it would seem, though, that the, the market is somewhat behind in making ACM apps available. Um, as I said earlier, the offerings that, there, uh, that we have in the market are relatively few and, uh, and the process co coverage is, uh, is limited. Uh, so it's uh, mostly simple workflows and um, approval flows, if, uh, if anything at all. Uh, there might be a good reason for this. Um, it's not an easy task to mobilize your processes. And I'm not saying that all the bells and whistles from a desktop application should, uh, should also be available on the mobile phone or tablet device. Um, you know, the screen real estate is, uh, is very valuable when it comes to mm -hmm. apps. But um, if you can't execute at least 90% of your processes, then the value add for implementing an app will also be quite limited. Um, that being said, um, looking at the latest innovation and uh, development in the market, it does seem that there's a lot of focus from the vendor side to create more and more appealing ACM apps. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the, in the coming year. Um, also, I think that the advancement of cloud solutions uh, may have a massive impact on the future of ACM mobility. So um, I definitely think we're looking at some very exciting times ahead of us. We like exciting times. Speaking of exciting, Gampy at Cogent, how excited are you about all of this? What do you think? I think I agree with uh, Daniel what he was talking about in, in terms of employee demand being slightly behind the curve as to what the market is offering. I was at the HR technology show last week. Even though my background and my expertise has so far been mostly in SAP HR space, uh, I'm always fascinated by the trends, and, and because I'm also involved with mobility, I'm, I'm very curious to know what the market has to offer and how the market is evolving in terms of how they're trying to meet the demand of, of the consumers, in this case, consumers being employees. Uh, the HR tech show in Las Vegas last week, I was very, very excited to see about 100, 150 vendors. I don't remember the exact number, but the expo hall was booming, where hundreds of vendors were there showcasing, majority of them were showcasing their products. And I went around, I tried to capture or, or tried to 
get a sneak peek into what they were offering, what, what is the latest. Uh, yes, there are so many exciting new products available, pretty much an, uh, uh, some kind of a mobile solution for most of these uh, solutions they were showcasing there. But I do also thought that the, the kind of apps that are available are not exactly what probably the employees are looking for. I, I still see a huge potential where this gap you know, has still to be bridged. Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, I'm sure in the, in the coming years, in the next co- couple of years, probably we're going to see more and more advancement in terms of how these apps are going to evolve. Uh, but at the same time, employee demand also could change in the next couple of years. So it will be very interesting to see how, these, uh, how the vendors um, are trying to keep pace with the employee demand. Very interesting. You could say you said that employee demand could change in the next couple of years. I have a feeling we'll talk about that in our crystal ball predictions round at the end of the show, Gampy. But I'm guessing it's going to be changing a lot faster than that. It's probably changing as we're speaking on the radio. Let's get some opinion, a POV from Ingrid Bernadonna, Success Factors. What do you think about market demand and how's the market keeping up, Ingrid? So I will give, you know, my point of view, which is a bit different than uh, Daniel and Gumpy, because I'm on the providing side, of course, of uh, mm-hmm. those mobile applications. And I completely agree with what Daniel was saying in terms of um, the employee demand is here and there is a boom in providing applications. Um, but he was, I think he has a good point about there is a good reason why um, those, um, those applications are not there yet. And for us, uh, one of the main drivers for mobility, as I was saying, is disruption. I think when you're creating a mobile application for an HCM, um, you have two options as an enterprise. I would say you have the easy way, and the easy way is that you will try to just make your web application available on your mobile application and just make it you know, so that it fits the, the, the little screen. But I think that we all will agree on this panel that this is not what the end user is expecting. Um, Just changing the screen size and make it available on the smaller device is not a good mobile solution. And so that means that in order to create a beautiful and useful mobile application, we need to fundamentally rethink the way we do our solutions. And that takes time. That takes time. That takes insight. um, That takes a lot of uh, co-innovation, a lot of disruption in our teams. And as you said, I always use the word disruption in a very positive uh, way. The other thing that I wanted to bring that nobody brought here is the adoption uh, side. I think that uh, from my point of view, I see it every day. I'm talking with a lot of customers about their mobile strategy. Um, uh, We all know that all enterprises or above 85% of the enterprises have a mobile strategy in place. They do deliver mobile devices to their end user. They're enabling email and calendar on their mobile devices. But it's very difficult for an enterprise to start um, enabling a business-critical mobile application on those devices. They're not there yet. Um, We Mm -hmm. are... Uh, helping a lot of our customers to to bring um, this uh, demand into a reality, to understand uh, what are the security concerns, how we address the security, what it means to bring some uh, business-sensitive data on the mobile phone, and how we can make sure that it's safe and sound on the mobile devices. 
So this is also, I think, it's a it's a two way street. We need um, the HCM vendors to you know to really uh, take a stand and create those great mobile applications that will answer the mobile user needs. But we also need the enterprise to start thinking of mobile as you know a way to enable their end user, and that it's not the end of the world if you have a business critical mobile application on their devices. And yes, it can be stolen, but yes, it's safe. Thank you, Ingrid. Great point of view on that. Daniel, you want to come back and say anything to Gampy or Ingrid on what they added to your initial point in our roundtable, employee demand is out of market offerings. Any any final thoughts on this thread before we move on, Daniel? Well, actually, I would just like to come back to one of Ingrid's points uh, that yes. she made on mobile strategies. She said that um, about 85% of companies have a mobile strategy in place, but I wouldn't call uh, providing employees with mobile phones a strategy. Um, I actually haven't seen a lot of companies with a clear mobile strategy in place. Uh, I mean, enterprise apps tend to pop up here and there in various business functions, but there's no alignment when it comes to technology or infrastructure used, and um, and this causes the mobile landscape in the enterprise to be quite fragmented and um, and integrated uh, integrating uh, cross functional processes is um, is almost impossible okay ingrid you want to come back to that i fully agree with you son <laughs> so <laughs> i i agree that you know distributing mobile device is not what i would call a mobile strategy that what's that's what you know is being said but it's definitely not a mobile strategy per se i fully agree with you daniel on this one that's a, a great point. Gampy, any comments on that before we move ahead? Yeah, I just wanted to make one, one point on that topic. I'm uh, hoping that my fellow panelists would agree with me. Unfortunately, HR tends to be in the bottom of the pole when, when, when the organizations put together their strategies for mobility or mobilizing their applications, so to speak. HR gets a low priority. So even if an organization tends to have a mobile strategy or at the beginning stages of putting together a mobile strategy, uh, mobilizing HR applications will probably happen all the way towards the end. I just wanted to make that quick comment. Thank you. Guess what? I want to move in a, 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 a more inter- not a more interesting, in a, in a little bit of a fun direction in this conversation. Gampy at Cogent, I'm looking at your talking points here, and you sent me one about gamification. I believe Daniel may have mentioned it in his opening remarks, but let me read some notes from Gampy, and then Gampy, you'll start this, and we'll have Ingrid and Daniel chime in. You say, gamification, it's all about employee engagement, and with the changing demographic of the workforce, as companies see more and more millennials become part of the workforce, we can expect to see companies make their mobile experience a little more employee-friendly by creating a gamified mobile environment. Are we there yet, Gampy? What's the status? Is this something that the vendors, the developers, are thinking? Employee app equals game. Talk to me. Yes, I think some of it is happening already, uh, more in the learning side or, or training applications or learning and development applications that some of the vendors are creating, and maybe to an extent on the recruitment side both external-facing recruitment applications and internal-facing recruitment applications in some, some corporations, maybe. Uh, but I don't think uh, uh, the, the market has covered the entire potential of what can be done. And I, as, as, I, as you were reading, one of the points I was specifically making was about the changing demographics with more and more millennials being part of the workforce. You know, they're predicting it's close to be 50% by 2020. 50% of the workforce will be 
millennials. And even though there is no clear definition on, you know, the age group of millennials, I think I can safely assume millennials are those that were born after the 80s. So we are talking about 50% of the workforce um, looking forward to using uh, mobile applications, uh, HR mobile applications that somehow make them feel uh, good about using them. And so that's what the employee engagement comes into picture. And how do you make that happen? You know, uh, millennials have uh, several expectations. Their uh, um, general attitude and, and uh, their expectations on how a mobile app should look like are very different from probably another generation of mobile app users, or mobile users. So I think this is where we have to see how the market continues to um, and cater to the needs of these millennial workforce. And I don't think we are there yet. I'm seeing a, there is a beginning towards in the right direction, but the next couple of years will tell us whether the market is really meeting that um, demands or not. Thank you, Gampy. Ingrid, I'm sure you have something to say on this. Ingrid, I'm going to ask you, are you a millennial? <laughs> I uh, I fall short <laughs> a couple of years based on Gampy definition, but I'm not going to tell you my age. <laughs> that, I'm not asking, believe me. I give mine out all the time, but I'm not asking you yours. I have nothing to lose. Go, go ahead, Ingrid. What do you think? You agree about millennials have expectations about what mobile apps, especially HR apps, should look like different from other generations, if I'm quoting Gampy properly? Go ahead, Ingrid. Um, I think this is correct. I think um, every group age actually has some different expectations. And from our point of view, that's where the difficulty lies, right? So if you think about millennials, they, they live and breathe model, um, like the way I live and breathe wine. Um, so it's just, <laughs> it's just um, a state, you know, they, they've always used mobile devices. You can see my, you know, my daughters knew how to unlock uh, an iPhone when they were a year and a half old, you mm-hmm. know. And so, yes, they expect the, those mobile devices to be as usable as any other mobile device or mobile application. Sorry. So, you think, okay, so we need to make some very engaging mobile application. But then, on the other hand, you still have 50% of the workforce that are people that have a hard time, you know, um, using technology. And so, you are asking them also to use a mobile phone and to be comfortable with those mobile applications. So, I think for me, the HCM enterprise mobile application needs to have a good balance of um, of engaging and pleasing everybody. And so it means that we have to do things differently for different um, population and different uh, kind of technology savvy uh, user. The other point that I wanted to make is that about gamification. I think I'm very passionate about gamification. Um, I've been studying it for a long time. And I'm most of the time appalled by what um, the enterprise is doing out of gamification. Like, hmm. if you look at the enterprise software, um, gamification is about creating a scorecard or a scoreboard and um, giving you badges. And like, yay, we gamified our enterprise solution. I'm like, no, that's not really what gamification is about. Gamification is about making sure that people are engaged and people really like using your application. It's about, you know, making things a bit different, making things interesting. And, you know, just pipe it up enough so that it's, it's, you want to succeed or you want to make the extra effort to, uh, to have a successful experience. And so I think the, the Ganti, um, um, example of learning and recruiting are good. Uh, but as you were saying, is just, we're just starting to scratch the surface about gamification. I think it's very powerful if used properly. 
but you know, being very blatant about the gamification is not what makes it a gamified application. Thank you very much. A good, great point of view there. Daniel Massaros at Maersk Group. Thoughts? We've had a lot of information on the table here about gamification. What's your perspective? It is an extremely um, interesting topic. Um, you know, the topic today is um, ACM mobility and uh, the landscape tied to it. And uh, when it comes to gamification, uh, perhaps, as Campy and Ingrid pointed out, uh, learning could be a place where, where you could introduce this. But when you look at the, the core HR processes, which in a larger business could be simple things like going in and editing your master data, um, executing your performance management process, stuff like that. I think it's very, very difficult to find the, the right spot to, to add that little spice, to add that gamified element. Um, perhaps for external marketing efforts, it could make a little more sense. Um, for example, one of our business units, Maersk Oil, has created a, a game where you can drill for, for oil. Um, I think it's called Quest for Oil. Um, which actually has engaged quite a lot of people externally in the game, and, and, and I think that was a great marketing effort. But when it comes to the core HR processes, um, I kind of struggle to see where we could actually um, gamify those. Okay, thank you very much. Gampy, any thoughts on this? Since this was your topic we introduced, any wrap-up on gamification and HCM mobile apps? Talk to me. I think Ingrid kind of hit the nail on its head exactly what I, was, I wanted to add. Uh, this, there has to be a clean balance uh, because 50% of uh, what the projected workforce is going to be millennials, that means in 2020, that also means 50% of the workforce is going to be the, the non-millennial workforce. So finding the right balance is not going to be easy. We are seeing a trend in the positive direction. And to Daniel's point, I agree with them 100%. Not every application within HR can be gamified. I don't think it makes sense to gamify a, you know, probably viewing your pay stub. I don't think you can gamify that process, for example. So, you, you know, the vendors, as they continue to innovate, they have to be very, 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 very thoughtful in coming up with that, that balance between gamifying everything or, you know, or striking the right balance, so to speak. As you're speaking, Gampy, I'm thinking of a way to gamify your pay stub, and it could be at, at the time of year when you get your bonus and hopefully a, at least a cost of living raise, and it could be a little game that says, pick between door one number two and door number two and door number three. Guess what? You just got a bonus. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. We could probably make it fun, but people who didn't, oh, they wouldn't be happy playing that game at all. Thank you. <laughs> Guess what? We're going to go into another topic here. Uh, we're going to start another thread in our conversation, our roundtable with Ingrid Bernadon, Success Factors. Ingrid, you sent me so many wonderful statistics and numbers. Let me just read a couple, and I'd like you to just share some of your overview with, with the market and with the trends in HR mobility, our topic today. You say, with 1.3 billion workers using mobile technology by the end of 2015, that's next year, and 47% of workers being millennials by the end of this year, mobile solutions to complement classic solutions are not an option anymore. They are a necessity. And then you add one more thing. Mobile phones are checked by their owners on average 90 times a day. Tablets are closer to computers regarding usage patterns. Stop presenting tablets when talking about mobile. I've just pushed a lot of information together. Ingrid, why don't you take us through some of these interesting stats, and then we'll have Daniel and Gampy comment. Go ahead, Ingrid. All right. So I will try to go through all of them. Um, 
they're not necessarily meant to be all bundled together, but I'll try. I'll make my best. Um, so as you said, it's a lot of information. Um, the, my point of view there is that um, we need to stop thinking about mobile as um, just as I was hinting earlier, as just making your solution available on a smaller screen. I think a lot of uh, our MeHTM vendors are presenting their mobile solution uh, looking at tablets when uh, tablets represent um, less than 20% of the mobile traffic around us. I think mobile is where um, mobile phones is uh, where the most interesting part is um, is lying. Uh, we have um, mobile so the difference with mobile phones is that the nearness of the device. So as you were saying, people are checking their phone on average 90 times a day. That's 90 times a day, and that's an average. Like the, the, the most uh, crazy people are checking them like 250 times a day, and I can say they're crazy because that's me. Um, and people sleep, so you know they sleep maybe six hours or to eight hours a day. So you can imagine the number of times that they're checking it in an hour. But when they're checking it, they're checking it in very, very small amount of time. So they check it and for less than a minute. And so that's where it becomes really, really interesting to think about all our HCM solutions in terms of those very near, the, near consumptions in a very limited amount of time. How do you make the most of a minute or sometimes 10 seconds of usage? And how do you empower your user to, uh, to do what they need to do in HCM using those very limited amount of time? And I think that's, that's what we, we are uh, looking at at Texas Sectors, and that's where it makes uh, a lot of sense for us to, to, to look at all those processes that you were describing, Daniel, as you know, being – maybe we cannot gamify them. Maybe, yes, you cannot gamify your, your performance uh, management process, for example, but you can for sure delight your mobile users. The mobile user is doing the same thing that the, the web user is doing, but in a very, very different way, in a fundamentally different way. And that's why I keep saying that the tablet is closer from the, from the computer in terms of usage pattern because users of tablets are using them in, in longer amount of time. And so if you think of, for example, your performance management uh, process, what does it mean for a mobile user? It means that they need to be able to enter whatever they need at the time that they thinking about it and it needs to take less than, than a minute. And then at the end of the year, the review process will not be about writing all those, you know, all those things that they may or may not remember for what they've been doing throughout the year. It's a review process of all the things that they have noted, of all the things that they have entered throughout the year when it was making sense. Um, and edit it and then um, submit it. And it's the same thing for payroll. We were talking about payroll earlier. Do you want to gamify payroll? Maybe not, but maybe you can delight the user. What does a user you know, need to know when they're receiving a payroll? Do they need to see the PDF of the payroll on their phone? Maybe not. Maybe they just need to know if there is a difference in the pay stub. Maybe that's, you know, mm -hmm. if you think about it, if you fundamentally you know, think about what is important for me to know, uh, when I get a pay statement? Well, the first thing is to know that you got it. And the second mm -hmm. thing is, is there anything that I need to worry about? And so that's where, for me, the mobile phones and are a coaching agent. They're here to help you understand what you have to worry about and give you the key of what you need to do if you have something to worry about. You did it. You did it, Ingrid. You, you, you put it all together. Thank you. That, that's a great set of information for us. Uh, Daniel Mazaros at Maersk Group. Thoughts about what Ingrid just shared? A lot of details in there. 
Well, first of all, I definitely agree that the, uh, the, t the tablet devices should be treated differently. Um, consumers may think otherwise, though. Uh, from a technological perspective, um, they are like comparing apples to peers when you com uh, compare tablets to mobile devices. But when we actually roll out an app um, to mobile, then inevitably people are going to start asking, so where is the tablet version? People are sort of in the enterprise world especially, they're combining mobile phones, tablets, um, iPhones, iPads together at all times. So yes, um, from our perspective, maybe they're separable, but from the consumer's perspective, not always. Uh, when it comes to the other point um, where Ingrid was saying that mobile users are looking at their phones nine times a day, but for very short periods of time. I do not necessarily agree with this, uh, this either. Um, a lot of the times I find myself browsing on my phone for extended periods of time, uh, executing processes uh, like, I don't know, going into my uh, mobile bank, doing some, uh, some stuff that actually takes more than, than a couple of minutes. Um, so I would not necessarily say that providing solutions which are just quick uh, to execute is necessarily the, the right way to go about it. Thank you. Good point of view. Gampy, I know you have something to say. Agree with one side, the other, you in the middle. Where are you on this, especially how long people spend on their mobile device? Uh, I, I do not, I cannot validate the 90 times versus 200 times because I may fall in the 300 or 400 times <laughs> per day <laughs> checking my mobile device category. But uh, I think at a, high, at a high level, I agree with what Ingrid and Daniel are saying. The tablets and mobile devices, are, I mean, uh, mobile phones are entirely two uh, device categories. And when a vendor or a mobile developer tries to develop an app that fits both devices, I think that's the wrong approach. I read somewhere that uh, tablets are portable while smartphones are pocketable. In other words, um, mobile phones are considered are, are considered more personal than the tablets. And, uh, and on another statistic I was reading from a Forrester research, uh, which kind of gave you know where people use each one of these devices more um, within home. Uh, people tend to use tablets in the about 70, 72% of their time when they're in the living room and about 40% of the time when they're in the kitchen and 60% uh, of the time when they're in the bedroom. So, And likewise, the phones are obviously used more within the home when they're not in the living room. Uh, smartphones or mobile phones are more used and also when they're commuting. And, uh, and the staggering statistic, again, from the Forrester research shows that about 70% of the time people use the phones when they're in the car, which is dangerous. But there, that's the usage pattern. So what happens when you develop an app that works the same way in a tablet and a phone? I think uh, the experience that they go, the user is going to get is going to be entirely different, especially when someone is looking at a device, uh, an app that is uh, when they're on the move. So uh, the approach that the vendors have to take uh, have to be drastically different for tablets because they tend to be a little more media-rich. I think the app should be a little more media-rich. Uh, the experience should be a little different versus on the phone, it should be more utilitarian, uh, like an approval or, or something that, that mm -hmm. gets to the point right away. So, yeah, so that, that's my quick point on tablets versus phones. 
Thank you very much. Gampy, I'm just going to ask you to repeat, if you don't mind, the percent of usage in different rooms of the house. I caught some of that, but I wanted to tweet it. What's the percent in the living room, the bedroom, the office? What what percents did you give us? So it's 72% uh, for tablet in the living room, 63% in bedroom, 40% say they use it in kitchen, 26% they say in a home office. But it's not, the, not that the sum of all this is 100%, but, you know, th- this is across how people use within the house. Okay, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Great statistics. Uh, Ingrid, I'm going to give you, we're going to go to break in one minute, but Ingrid, I'd love for you to wrap up this thread about what we're talking about right now. Uh, We've had some comments from Gampy, comments from Daniel Massaro. So what are your thoughts about uh, some of the statistics and the issue of how should apps be designed for different devices? Your wrap-up thoughts on this, please? Sure. So first I wanted to come back to what Daniel was saying. Um, I want to make sure that um, we are clear that I didn't say that tablet shouldn't be part of the mobile you know, application or the mobile strategy. I think it's a, it's a fundamental part of it. But as Genty was saying, we need to make sure that we differentiate the experience, that the experience that you have on your tablet and the experience that you have on your phone um, is a different experience, and it fits the usage pattern that were described, that were greatly described, actually, uh, earlier. The other thing that we have to think about that we haven't touched is that we call the current world a multi-screen world. And what it means, it means that people have multiple devices. They have laptops, they have tablets, they have phones, and they use it throughout the day. They use it many times at the same time, like people are working on their computer and checking their email on their phone, or they're you know, in their living room uh, watching a podcast on their iPad and checking the weather on their phone um, and emailing on their um, laptop. It doesn't matter. And so we need to make sure that when we create a solution, it fits all the different usage pattern, and it's, it's, a, it's a coherent experience throughout those different devices, and the user can pass from one device to the other without having any problem or without losing any context. Thank you, Ingrid. We're going to take a very quick break here, about 90 seconds or less. Uh, that's just enough time to give Daniel Massaros at the Maris Group, Gampy at Cogent IBS, and Ingrid Bernadon at Success Factors. A chance to go out and find the crystal ball. If you didn't already find it, polish it off. And when we come back, I'll start with Daniel, then Gampy, and then Ingrid. You'll each have about oh, a minute and a half to tell me what will we be talking about on this topic in the year 2020, or whatever year you can see clearly, where is the blue sky in your crystal ball? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. We'll be right back. Brad, out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network 
you're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, and you know what's coming. It's time for the Crystal Ball Predictions Round. We're going to be really tight today, two minutes per panelist. If we met again in the year 2020 or whatever you see clearly, blue skies in your Crystal Ball, Daniel Masaris at Maersk Group, what would you say about this topic? What can we look forward to? Predictions, two minutes, go. I would just start with a sort of provocative statement. Um, all companies think they're special with their own special HR processes in place. Now, in the past, with on-premise solutions, with custom-made applications, they were actually able to tailor-make all the software um, to their own needs to fit the processes that they're working with. Um, looking ahead, I strongly believe that cloud solutions will win more and more share in the market, and I do think that that tendency in the short term, at least, is un- unstoppable. Now, what that means for the, uh, for the HCM uh, mobile landscape is that there will be a tendency towards standardization. I think more and more companies will have to, at least to some extent, standardize um, their processes, um, go with whatever the um, best practice is in the market. So I think we're going to see somewhat fewer products, at least when it comes to, uh, to the large vendors, and then there will be some small players around them, but I think that most, at least most large companies are going to go for some of the big players. Okay. Thank you very much. Good point. Good predictions. Gampy, I've got two minutes for you, Gampy at Cogent IBS. What do you think, Gampy? Can you see the 2020? 2020, I can see it a little hazily. <laughs> we have such a changing uh, market. The technology is changing so rapidly, and new innovations are coming through every day. I feel that, uh, what's going to happen today, we're seeing a lot of point solutions, a lot of decentralized applications within the HR domain, and we're going to see a trend for the next in, in the next year or two. We're going to see more and more centralized, consolidated application coming into the market. But again, by 2020, unfortunately, I fear that we're going to see going back to that point solution based only because we're going to uh, experience more fragmentation in the market, more new um, operating devices in the market potentially, maybe more new devices. You know, for example, tomorrow there is an Apple event uh, where they're going to potentially release a new iPad and faster processors. So all these um, you know, technological innovations within the mobile market will make uh, this fragmentation an increasing problem for uh, mobile developers to cater to, which also means this trend of point solutions becoming centralized or consolidated and then go back by 2020 again to potentially point solutions. Um, and I think that's one thing that I uh, foresee. The second one, uh, again, another unfortunate thing, I feel if you're going to have this uh, talk show in 2020 with the same panelists, employee mm-hmm. engagement may, be an, may, be, may still be an issue that we all be talking about, how that hasn't happened or because the employees' expectations continue to change along with how the market is changing. Employee engagement may still be another issue we'll all be looking at together. Some corporations or organizations may still be behind the curve when it comes to um, having a consolidated mobile strategy, while more organizations expect to have some sort of mobile strategy by 2020. So in a sense, cloud will rule, but there will be more fragmentation in the market that's going to cause more heartburns to the mobile developers. 
Thank you, Gampy. And we have, let's see, two minutes for Ingrid. Ingrid Bernadon yeah. at Success Factors. Ingrid, go ahead. 2020, well, that's a long way uh, ahead. It's like over five years. And um, looking at the acceleration of the changes in the technology space, I think it, it will be hard to predict uh, what's going to be around us uh, in five years. But what we can see from the trend and what's happening in the market right now, I think just first from the mobile perspective, um, I would think that you know a lot of uh, people will have wearables, um, will have uh, mobile devices, but also you know tiny, tiny little things that help them throughout their day. I think also we're going to have you know a bunch of connected devices like tables uh, can be computers, chairs can be smart uh, chairs. Um, so. I believe that uh, we will see a very, very strong change in the mobile landscape, that mobile will not be just phone and tablet anymore. It will be a bunch of things or almost everything that is around us. Um, and what it means for the user, I think, in the HR space, what we see is that um, usually what um, we, we think of um, our end user in two categories. We think of them as um, the power user that are the HR department um, that Daniel and Yanti are part of, and then 99% of the employees are what we call our casual users, and they use HR just because they have to use HR, but they're hired to do something else. And I think that for those 99% of those casual users, HR by 2020 will be done mostly or almost 100% through mobile devices or wearables, that you will be able to um, accept or decline your requisitions um, through your glasses or your earrings, or um, you will be able to just drop your um, your phone on your desktop and you will be able to you know, record everything that you've been doing throughout the day into your, your performance review, for example. So I think we will see a very, very large uh, amount of changes in the landscape, in the mobile landscape, and then in the solution that support those mobile landscapes. Thank you, Ingrid. Perfect timing. I need about 40 seconds to close the show, and I'm going to see if I can do it in 38 seconds here. Daniel Massaros at Maersk, thank you. Gampy Getapathy at Cogent IBS, thank you. Ingrid Bernadon at SAP Success Factors, thank you for being a wonderful panel, sharing your insights, your point of view, and most of all, sharing your passion for our topic today. Shout out to Malcolm Kimberlin, my colleague at SAP, Brad and the Business Channel team. And let's see. Well, t- today is Wednesday. It's a double header. This afternoon, I'll be back at 3 p.m. Eastern with the Internet of Things with Game Changers, talking about what really makes the Internet of Things IoT work. And tomorrow I'll be back at 10 a.m. Eastern with Innovating Innovation with Game Changers, another great topic. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP Live. Talk to you this afternoon on IoT. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 